I stay up late at night. I don't know if you know this uh, about me. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, as I was lounging in the living room watching Netflix, um, I started hearing uh, bird song outside and being more interested in birds since watching birds is one of the few things I can do to, you know, um, see other living organisms these days that are you're just a cool yeah. you're just a cool young man who likes to watch birds yeah no what the kids are doing yeah um i tried to identify the bird <clears> song <throat> the but, style of the time well the thing is it just kept changing its song it would it was it was uh, uh singing like this and then like that and then uh so i looked up online and apparently uh mockingbirds uh visit missouri in in the spring and summer and so and they just sing um at all hours of the day and night and they can memorize up to 200 different bird songs and they just just so it's just a bird screaming into the the darkness not knowing who it's who's going to hear it uh and just saying whatever random thing comes to mind so as a podcaster i've never identified with a bird more in my life and uh so i would like to uh cheers to the mockingbirds um uh, I will cheers on the condition that you find a sort of natural nook in a nearby tree and leave shiny things around so oh, that okay. your neighborhood shut-in might protect our podcast. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I will I will endeavor to do so. So, okay, cool. cheers. Cheers. Tink. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. And I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we have six conversations, drink six beers, rail on a five-point scale, and occasionally just record bird song now? Yeah. We've yeah, all right. We've done it. Mm-hmm. We're birders. Yeah, we're, Biology we're now facts. a birding podcast. Biology uh, noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that is a turn that I didn't see coming. Uh, elsewhere in the pre-party, speaking of turns I didn't see coming, uh, I'm going to be writing full-time very soon. Uh, hey I will have two additional Patreons, one called Delta Green Dead Channels, and the other one called Heaven on Games Open Design, and I will also be launching a Kickstarter for Phase Anatomy, a melodramatic medical mystery role-playing game on Kickstarters on May 28th. So please look at that so I don't die and get eaten by Ross's birds because uh, mm-hmm. nature is cruel. Kind of the, uh, it's kind of the reverse ring. Like, yeah. Please watch it so he doesn't die. <laughs> yes, yes. You have seven days before I am out of money and evicted. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, any other things for the pre-party? Ross, you feel you have things going on sometimes. Yeah, um, I'm actually getting ready to launch a small Kickstarter of my own. Um, we, I'm working with uh, Greg Stolze and James Wallace. Other uh, uh, Greg Stolze actually proposed the project. Uh, it's a limited podcast series called Leto Narrative Dissidents, uh, where uh, if you back the Kickstarter, you vote on which games we will analyze. Each episode will cover a different game, and uh, we'll do six episodes and possibly more, depending on stretch goals. Um, and we'll, uh, yeah. So I don't know. We're I'm trying to get that up soonish, and we'll run for two weeks. Um, but yeah, so we have we'll have a episode available in our PPR, so you can listen to it where we talk about Apocalypse World. Um, but yeah, if you want us to look at some of the newest I- I- indie. RPG sensations. 
um and some 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 older ones too uh we'll 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 have a list that you can vote from because there's too many games to just vote on all of them um and yeah so that's hopefully coming out in late april or may so uh yeah well i will be kickstarting nothing so (laughs) don't worry about that guys uh just send all of your good funds that direction and with that the pre-party is probably over but as we do every episode, we are rating and reviewing our beers on a five-point scale. And Caleb, today, you have made our five-point scale. How will we be assessing beers? Well, we're, we're going to assess it based on an experience I don't think a lot of people have had, <laughs> uh, but they could have, which is a timeline uh, authentic Terminator film franchise run. Um, as you know, the writers of Terminator um, have varying degrees of success at reading comprehension and uh, like or dislike of James Cameron. Uh, and as such, the time travel narrative of Terminator has split off multiple times, requiring you to watch the entire series in the order of T1, T2, T3, T1, T2, the ride from Universal Studios, uh, T1, T2, Dark Fate, and then finally Genesis, which has been marooned in the timeline, are sort of quarantined from the others. Oh, and Salvation somewhere in there, too. Oh, yeah. Salvation is after T3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, here are moments from doing a uh, Terminator timeline run. Mm-hmm. If you ever choose to do this, a one experience, which is like one beer, mm-hmm. uh, something you don't want to happen again, and thankfully only happened once, is uh, having to watch Rise of the Machines even one time. Jesus is Christ. A, is a one experience for me. Uh, it's very bad. It's not good. Uh, and in fact, it's horrible. Is awful. Uh, two is Genesis does happen to you. So that is not <laughs> great. But it is at least all, ter- it, you know, we've said that quantity is its own sort of quality. There is at least a lot of Genesis. Uh, so I guess that gets it up to two. Um, mm. Three, the previs work print of the Terminator 3D ride. Now, wasn't expecting to enjoy this one as much as I did, but I at least have a story out of it, which is more than I can say for having done every other film in this series that wasn't Terminator 1 or 2. Which leads me on to a four, which is having to watch Terminator 2 three times, which is That's the gift or experiment. Yeah. And this was sneaky. A five, having to watch Terminator 1 three times. Absolutely. Because I, you forget how much that movie sings. It is it's, it's fucking great. Tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets there and in and out and you are done. Uh, so that is a hard five experience. Absolutely. You're, you're like six minutes into Terminator one and you're confused and a little terrified and on the edge of your seat excited. I mean, that movie just goes for it Mm -hmm. from like moment zero. You know, I want to say something else about rise of the machines for a second, because if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know, that occasionally Caleb and I differ on our rating scales. Rise of the machines came out when I was working at a theater, which means I got to see films for free. And I was mad that I got to see that film for any amount, uh-huh. including just time, including just time. Terminator tits. Hot. Boom. Poor rubble. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to drink beer today, uh, and I am hopeful well, that we get a lot of fours and fives. Caleb, I am curious, though. I know this is not in your official race, but we did watch um, the, the, the Sarah connor chronicles do exist and we did watch the only part of that series that we you should which is when some um criminals 
um, who Sarah Connor is trying to buy counterfeit documents from, uh, explained to her 9-11 because she is displaced in time and she didn't she didn't know about 9-11. And this is done through a montage where they have hand gestures. Yes, no. this is this is a high. I'll oh, send it. I think to, I believe there's a whiteboard at one point. There, the uh, problem. Yeah. I think so. Um, <laughs> so, where would you put that in 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 a one through five? Like, damn. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I don't. What would you need a whiteboard for? Like, she's displaced in time, but she obviously knows what buildings and planes are. Like well, that's I think, it. Man. I think that's it's to the explain fucking... the effects of why it's harder to get it's forged bare documents. It's minimum now. hand motions. There's, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, this, there's definitely hands with the yeah fly into the hand. Everybody Is that knows. a three or a four or something? Oh man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been erased from time. So okay, zero. Okay, uh, fair <laughs> enough. It's lost in the time stream, like tears and rain. Like the T one um, million. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, I need a beer. So. Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? I need to be honest. The, the beer hole is is dwindling, and so you and I have both made independent beer run, runs lately, and I picked this can up and read the front and thought, I'm going to enjoy hate drinking this. And so I will be hate drinking. I imagine, maybe I'm wrong. It's happened before, not often, but maybe I'm wrong. I will be hate drinking Four Noses Brewing Company's Double Dry Hopped Vanilla Velvet which is a milkshake style double India pale ale with vanilla and lactose. That is too many words. It's a lot of vanilla. It's a lot of India pale ale is what it is. Yeah. Ooh, that's got a scent. That's got a scent to it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh no. (laughs) Spencer. Hold on. Survive. (laughs) Was it so sweet? <laughs> what are you? What's happening? It's just coughing. It's, oh my god! It's a bad IPA that's really sweet because of the vanilla. Ah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that doesn't look good. No. Oh, it's like I. Ugh, it's like I threw up Robitussin. Oh, um, that medicine no. taste. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Well, so what's that? It, uh, it comfortably arises with machines. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! It is a double. So you get all of the the it double dry hops. Like Skynet's back. No, That's no. right. <laughs> it, you get all of the double dry hopped, and then sitting both on top and below that is like artificial sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like someone someone picked up your double dry hopped IPA and poured a bunch of like Splenda in there, and they were like, "Here you go, have at it." And um, Oh, fuck you. Too much Splenda. Yeah. Fuck you. Uh, Anyway, what are we, what are we talking about? This was, this was your suggestion. And honestly, my mind is broken. So, okay. 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 So this is a, this is a dissecting our fun. Uh, We haven't had a chance to play anything because pandemic, Uh, not, not pandemic, Mm -hmm. but we did play pandemic. There's, there's a lot. Anyway. I think there's a new question you should add to your getting to know a fellow board gamer question list. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be your Bill and Ted game. What game, if challenged by death for your life, 
would you pick in order to win? So what's your Bill and Ted game? What What's the game that you feel you have the highest probability of success in? Wow. Oh, boy. Because <clears throat> I, I think that tells you something about a person's proclivities. Uh-huh. I think it also tells you a game you probably don't want to play with that person because they might be mm-hmm. a little bit too competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's your Bill and Ted game? Wow. Mine's wow. obviously Lowlands. If we're going to play yeah. a game for my life, I've never lost a game of sheep. I know the sheep. I understand them. On some <laughs> sort of bone deep level. Right. Uh, the Lowlands just makes sense to my brain in a way that I've not seen other games do. So I, I think I could, I think I could make myself immortal off a game of Lowlands, but mm-hmm. that's probably my Bill and Ted game. I, I don't yeah. know about everybody else. Yeah. I've, I have lost, definitely lost quite a few games of Concordia and, uh, and there are other people, were they at the table, like Rick Bagwell from the Bananana podcast, also playing. I would not choose Concordia because I would mm-hmm. lose. But if it's just me and Sassy Death Figure, uh, I'd probably choose Concordia because Concordia has a really interesting and novel scoring mechanic. And uh, I have found through enough gameplay, like some combinations that I really like and seem to work more often than not. And there, if you're unfamiliar with the scoring scoring mechanic in Concordia, or it's your first time playing it, it is probably not easy to grok how to totally maximize your scoring opportunities in that game, which I think would give me a slight but significant strategic edge. So I feel the same way about heaven and ale, but if I'm about to die, I don't know that I also want to play a game of heaven and ale. And so I would probably go with Concordia. I mean, your life's going to, your, your life's going to get longer as you consult the rule book, just to read yourself. Heaven and ale. That's true. Well, isn't that considered t- timeout? Like it doesn't count against your life. Like you, would, right, it's he, a pause. He, he'd give you a partial credit at least, you know, like time served, you know? Yeah. So you I want to do like fair. campaign in North Africa, like the longest Ooh. possible. I mean, if you just, yeah, stalling is a tactic. Uh, <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, and who could say? I, maybe I am really good at campaign at North Africa. Like, See, no one. But that's not, you got to yeah. play for your life. Like, this is high stakes. Yeah. I'm um, going to play Lowlands and I'm going to win. I'm, I'm going to win the sheep game. Like, he is going to win it. He I'm is going to win. With the most sheep yeah. in my life. Uh, but I, I don't know what everybody else is going to pick there. Yeah. Concordia. Yeah. Um, I think what my, like, honestly, I, I, I don't think, I can't think of any tabletop game I would be really comfortable in saying, like, I really, I'm really good at this game. I think my, in, going back to my track record, I don't play a lot of the same game like more than a few times. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I, I prefer to try a bunch of different games, but I think the game with my, be- my best track record is actually Hannah, uh, Hannah Makoji. Uh, mm-hmm. Like uh, I've actually, I've gotten to the point where I have a strategy for it, which is not most of the time. I'm just like, I'm just going to try things and see if it works. Uh, but in Hannah Makoji, I feel like I have some sense of like what you're supposed to do. So that would be, that would be desperation, uh, but yeah. Uh, the other thing would be maybe Warhammer 40k because again, there's so much randomization in that one. I feel like I've got it's just a flip of the coin at a certain point because it's just like <laughs> how many d6s can I roll high? Uh, but this feels this feels precisely like the environment where I don't want to roll. I don't want to roll the dice slash flip a coin. Like I yeah, want to have I want maximum control. Game, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you don't want, want some Amero trash dice. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, in terms of like video games, like my, the games I spend the most time are like co-op games or single player games. I don't, I'm not, not like, I don't play a lot of competitive games. Um, so I don't, I don't have. Yeah. So unless I can so play pay two and yeah. then like whoever leaves with the most money, like, well, okay. Yeah. That would live, work. Like, yeah. Some, okay. Yeah. Uh, I could try. Yeah, payday too. I'd be a lot more comfortable uh, trying than um, Call of Duty, for example. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I think you can learn something from the Bill and Ted game, like a level of comfort with mechanics. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. something that might be overly competitive <clears throat> and a bad starter, because mm-hmm. uh, that's that's precisely the principle of the Bill and Ted experience. You pick something that somebody else yeah. isn't experienced in, but you are excel at. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that might be a, a good getting to know your board gamer. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. And I and I also like uh that if someone says like dry and deeply euro, like, okay, I might have something with you here. You know, like, okay, maybe we're talking about the same games then. Um I'd also be curious to talk to more people like Ross who are like, I don't know, let's roll the dice and see what happens. Uh I'd like to play Yahtzee. <laughs> I mean, at least you'd have a shot. Like, I mean, if I play a game, uh, uh, Yeah, they already I... play Risk in the film. So right. uh, yeah. yeah, that's basically Warhammer, but yeah. Yeah, I I mean, interestingly, I did play Warhammer 40k on Tabletop Simulator recently, and the person I watched I was playing, some of that. Yeah, and the person I was playing was um like a more experienced player, but I still won because I was like, I'm just going to be a dummy and focus on the objectives to win the game, and he was like, I want to kill as many of your army as I can. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to get the objective, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> That's how the game works. Murder all my orcs. Uh, with your space marines, you, you put your tank on the far side of the board so nothing could hurt it, and it doesn't do anything. Great. Um, so maybe maybe I luck out, and Death plays the same way. Death would be a grognard. He would just like spend a lot of time painting his minis, uh, <laughs> customizing things, and he doesn't want his precious space marines to get hurt. So um, I just don't care about my army and just would throw it away to, to win. Um, yeah. I feel uh, maybe that would give me an advantage uh, in playing death. Knowing death. Yeah. Death seems like a guy who would be really careful with his forces Mm -hmm. in a a war game. He, he's very uncomfortable with the concept of mortality being the (laughs) physical embodiment of it. Death would be a deeply more in the loss of a space Marine figure after, you know, having gathered every soul in world war two. But um, yeah. Okay. Sure. It's a good strat. All right. Uh, Producer Ross has a great strat, and uh, I need a beer. So. Caleb, what, uh, what, uh, what beer, what beer is that? Well, I'm going to try from Pipeworks Brewing Company, the Cryo Citra, an Imperial India Pale Ale with Cryo Citra hops. So lots of big IPAs today. Yeah, the the allergy be hitting different today. Mm -hmm. So uh, my taste buds are all kinds of fucked up. So maybe this will be good. Mm -hmm. Let's see. At a minimum, maybe you won't be able to taste it. Like, I think that that's probably the best outcome here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, nope, he can taste it. That is a face that just punching right through. It's imperial. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why anyone needed that for an IPA in the first place, mm-hmm. or in this degree, but it certainly is there. So, mm-hmm. uh, going again. 
Mm-hmm. Like Space Marines punching your tongue. Very imperial. Uh, a, a, a game of 40k with death. It's not that <laughs> it's not that eventful. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Genesis happens uh, to you. Yeah, uh, it's, too. it's the it is the the fucking Gestalt Terminator movie. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is a two. Yeah. So Rip. meh. Meh. Anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, this was tied for your number one vote getter this week. This was this was a mistake, and our mistake topic is sneaky anniversaries. Nine hundred beers, a year in quarantine, etc. And my guess here, Caleb, is that the the mistake is celebrating things like that. Yeah. So the last beer was the nine hundredth beer. Uh, Wait, which beer? The last beer you just drank. That was beer nine hundred. <laughs> what? I wasted beer 900 on Four Noses Brewing Company's double dry hopped vanilla velvet. Yes. Yeah, that was beer 900 that you just drank with your mouth. Yeah. Did you know? See, it doesn't Did feel good, does know it? This? It doesn't feel good. Sneaky anniversaries. No one likes them. It's a mistake. That was the fucking bit here, <laughs> Stokes. Look at the episode <laughs> title. Yeah, it says like 900-ish bottles That's of beer on the That's the best count we've ever had. 900-ish is as close as we're getting. We're accepting it. So I'm just saying, if you're not planning on an anniversary, it's never welcome. And it doesn't matter what it is. And I just keep running into this a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the 900 beers thing so much, but like, hey, the, we started the tub a year ago today. It's just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, are like, hey, it's been this long since you've been in a gym. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, gee, oh Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this has been a year of sneaky anniversaries. And uh, I talking about this mistake, I don't think anyone is ever going to thank you for bringing one up that they didn't consider previously. I'm sure shit not going to thank you. I am not going to fucking See? thank you. See, look at the, re- look, appreciate it from a rhetorical perspective. <laughs> Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What's the rhetorical um, perspective here, Caitlin? Demonstration <laughs> of frustration? Is that yeah, is that the rhetorical angle here? Like, yeah, yeah, all right. Good teaching, he says. <laughs> it's a teachable moment, in other words. Good teaching, he says. <laughs> who learned something here, man? Who was taught and whom taught? Who did the t- teaching? You learned that, that we're, I'm drinking the 901st beer, and it's a May IPA, yeah. I am not happy with you, man. I am like, I'm not, not mad. I also like the last time you did this garbage, which by the way, you've done this garbage a few times. So who really learned here? Not me, obviously. I didn't handle it. It snuck up on me too. I was like, we got to be getting close to it. And then I checked it out. I was like, oh no, wait, it's the very next year we drink. Yeah, cool. It snuck up on you so much that you knew about it and didn't tell me. Very sneaky I indeed. Tell you, though. It was not the sneaky thing the here. Well, yeah, but I mean, very he, shortly after the fact. I yeah. didn't tell him no. this morning. I didn't okay. tell him at midnight. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell him at like 1 a.m. Like, yeah. So, like, like, no, man. Fuck. And then putting this <laughs> segment after that and then being like, well, you know, like that was the 900th beer you just consumed. The yeah. one you almost threw up on your desk. See, it's a bad idea. See, it's always a mistake. You could have you could have warned, warned him ahead of time. Yeah, and then it wouldn't have been a sneaky anniversary. So here's here's the lesson. <laughs> All right? Okay. We, we're in a time where we have not seen each other or done things in a very long time. 
or we've been doing things that we never quite expected we would be doing for a very long time with frequency we never imagined. And I'm just saying no one likes anybody pointing that out to them when they're not ready for it. And it doesn't matter what it is. I'm happy to drink 900 beers with my friend. He doesn't give a shit because it's a surprise anniversary. No one likes that reminder of mortality. They need they need some sort of like runway to, to lead up to it or else they just they panic. They don't like it. Uh, I, I think, I'm not saying I'm not saying Spencer specifically. I brought it up because I've been there. Yeah, I've, I've been there all year. So that's that's my this was a mistake, which was your number one vote getter, by the way. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't care how fucking topical this was. And clearly and normally you don't either. So just cut that crap out. <laughs> do you know do you know what the mistake was here? Being a sneaky son of a bitch. It had nothing to do with a surprise anniversary. It had everything to do with hiding that was beer nine hundred. The mistake was you, man. You made a mistake. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Anyways, don't do that to people. There, to Caleb's point, what a what a rhetorically prescient observation. Transference involved, as he like, yeah. It's just not psychologically good for people. So I just want to show everybody that. Uh huh. Really, you're making this about Spencer, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another mistake, Caleb Stokes. (laughs) You're fucking full of them right now. You're you're a goddamn mistake hound. You're just Just hanging all over you. We just need to hug and record in person again. And it'll all be better. Mm-hmm. I am. I do not want to hug you right <laughs> no. now. I really don't. I there's beer in my fridge. I was looking forward to drinking. There's beer in my fridge. You even let me preamble about hate drinking this thing. You could yeah. have stopped me there because and said, "Hey, before you hate drink that, this is a milestone beer. You might want to enjoy it." Um. Okay. Okay. Hold on. What was the 800th beer? Blue Moon in a can. What was the 700th beer? Don't remember, but I was mad that you didn't tell me. What was the 500th beer? Something good. <laughs> yeah. Burned in memory, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. the stars on the CIA wall. Yeah, yeah. We will never <laughs> forget these. Yeah, that's right. Whatever exactly. I drank one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's it's lost. It's lost to memory now. Blue it's Moon in a Can happened at home during quarantine over Zoom. But I got a chance to choose it. I mm-hmm. knew what I was doing. <laughs> I mean- I made Blue Moon in a can beer 800. Spencer, at least the the beer that you had, what it, it's good that it was either a one or a five. Like at least it was memorable in that way. It was, you know, if it had been like a three, that would have been the real mistake. Like, uh, if I don't was, disagree with you, but also I don't want you to make what Caleb did better. No, so, okay, All right. the first time we did 100, what was that one? Well, the only time we did 100. Yeah, is uh, yeah. the as significant as they get for milestones. Yeah, uh, 100 was a stout. <laughs> Narrowed it down. Statistically, pretty good. Pretty good chance. Yeah, I feel strongly that I might be on something there. All right. Well, uh, my, I rest my case. Mm-hmm. So, uh, producer Ross should get a beer. Beer number 902, apparently. Indeed. Yeah. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? Uh, this is from uh, Public House, and this is Cabra Loca, uh, an espresso milk stout with dark spice chocolate, uh, cayenne, coca, and cinnamon. Is I hate everything about that. Mm, the cinnamon might the cinnamon might liven things up Cin- a bit. Yeah, cinnamon could be could be something in there. But. 
espresso is just too much for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even do, I can't even do like an espresso roast anymore. It's just too much. Yeah. It's like a tart kind of chocolate flavor. I don't really taste. There's a bit of spice, uh, but not much. It's kind of thin for a stout. Um, Well, it is a milk. Yeah. Yeah. But thin for espresso. I mean, I like espressos. I like the flavor. I like coffee. Um, um, energy system, buddy. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not bad. Like I would give this, um, a three. Uh, which is the work print, I believe. Huh? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Key one million. Like I'll finish this. It's it's not like the when I when I bought it, the clerk actually said he he really liked it. So I was kind of so it didn't live up to that expectation. It does have some sort of silver award from Los Angeles beer. Best walking really it's really tiny one. But um yeah, it's kind of just I was I was expecting more from this. It's not as rich as I'd wanted. The chocolate isn't coming in as strong as I'd wanted. The spice definitely is not coming in. Um I can't even really taste the cinnamon. Um so I mean, yeah, the 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 chocolate and coffee are there, but it's just kind of yeah, I guess the, the milk is thinning it out a little. I don't know. Ross raises an interesting point. We buy a number of beer, in fact. <clears throat> By some count, we've had over 900 of them now on this podcast and ish and uh, a number of times over the past couple of years, as I've been buying beer for this podcast or just generally buying beer, which I am want to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, clerks have been like, ooh, this one's really good or like, ooh, you should try this other thing. Mm-hmm. And have you ever noticed yourself having both a like uh, highfalutin nose turn up to those things and then also feeling immediately guilty and or shameful for not actually understanding beer all that much and still having consumed so much of it? Because I do. Like the uh, the clerk today when I checked out was like, oh, you should try this and rattled off some beers from some local breweries. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, do you like IP- if you like IPAs, you should try this. And he gave me some kind of like basic recommendations. And I I, part of me wanted to be like, bro, <laughs> listen. And the other part of me wanted to be like, shut your fucking mouth. Like, don't be such a twerp. It's high fidelity. You you mm-hmm. look like the guy who's there to get an album for his daughter mm-hmm. for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're the guy there looking for like discontinued Smith LPs. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, it's just uh it's just a target acquisition thing in retail. It's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't take it too personally. Yeah. Um Anyway, uh, number one vote getter tied this time around was Living with Humans. Uh, and Michael Riggs asks, how the hell do you navigate excising someone you don't like who is still friends with people you care about and value deeply? Uh, there was quite a bit of buildup before Michael got to that question, uh, which I've had to cut for time, but I, I read it, Michael. Uh, so I, I thought we'd do our best. So, um for me, it, it depends on how close of a friend they are with your other friends, because mm-hmm. um, you don't have to provide an ultimatum, but you can be elsewhere when you have to hang out when that person's around and they can notice because they're adults. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I, I, I don't think that. And then if they are going to make that choice there, I mean, obviously, you know what values they're aligned with. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because I find that rarely is that stuff truly benign. Those differences that you have with those people of that regard, it's 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 
rarely just surface level stuff. Uh, I mean, if you're not having a good time and they're your friends, you should be somewhere you're having a good time because that's mm-hmm. the principle mm-hmm. of friends with somebody. So that's right. That's right. It's a choice. And, and <laughs> oh, Michael, think- Michael, did you say the L word when discussing this person, which is libertarian? So uh, ah. that, that is me being as diplomatic as I could possibly be to someone who is a libertarian. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas I would, in the case of Michael's specific instance, recommend excising literally, as in with knives. Uh, but uh, failing that, and we want to talk about living with humans. Rather, right what should happen to libertarians uh the we're you should be perhaps more diplomatic than that yeah yeah this one's kind of tricky for me partially because um i i might actually in fact come off like a little bit of an asshole to people for this very reason which is like uh generally doing social things is a lot of work for me mm-hmm. because of the way that i am and so I typically try to only specifically do social things as often as possible with people that I want to do social things with. And so, uh, which is a little bit challenging because uh, like my wife knows every, like everyone in a four state area, I think. And so anytime we go anywhere, she has a friend there and chances are there's some commingling and that's a little bit tricky. Not, not that I don't like those people, but because like I am very aware of how hard it is for me to commingle like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, but for the most part, my uh, social activities are limited to specific friend groups. We've talked about this in the past. I have never felt compunction to blend friend groups. In fact, I think it is one of the worst ideas in the history of the world. Um, I have friends for specific reasons and chances are when I want to hang out with them, I want to hang out with them for those reasons and trying to cross those lines almost always just makes everyone uncomfortable. So don't do it. And on the off chance that there is tension among a specific friend group who are tied together, I'll be honest with you. Like I just don't get involved and I just hang out with those people independently. Like I'm not doing the, like play the middle game, be a bridge type person anymore. Like, look, if you don't like that person, that's fine. I'm not going to hang out with you and them at the same time. I'll hang out with you over here and you over here. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to do the work of like removing someone from a friend group. I, I will just hang out around that landmine as much as possible. And to be honest, I'll probably just hang out less to avoid the risk of having to talk about the landmine. Yeah. I mean, at some point uh, somebody has to realize where the source of that stuff is coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I don't always feel compelled to do that. Like, and, I don't, and then I would say like, all oh, the alternative is you're the unreasonable one, which I'm not saying is that, but it could just be the alternative is that you're the one who needs to go. Cause that friend group is bad. Like they're, yeah, <laughs> they have values that aren't yours. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, maybe that is something that you should do. Yeah. Yeah. When we lived in Lawrence, we had a friend group that we hung out with fairly regularly. And one of the people in that group became like, uh, unignorably offensive to me. And so my new, new rule was like, and I was just very obvious and blatant and public about it. Like when we got invited out to stuff, I would be like, is so-and-so going to be there? And if the answer was yes, I was like, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and that, that was kind of it. And I think one of the weirdest conundrums we get into as adults, especially as we start to form social bonds outside of our home with people is like feeling the need to explain away or apologize for our time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's the case. And this is one of those instances where that makes that incredibly abundant, but it's hard not to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we've solved all social problems, I think. Producer yeah. Ross, you have any advice or? Um, yeah, this sort of like thinking back uh, to it, this came up in the you know, before pandemic times and hopefully will come up again uh, as a problem. Um in uh like conventions like you know there's people in mm -hmm. uh, uh conventions there's a lot of people in conventions yes. and some of them are friends with people that you know and you don't like those people and so that comes up like especially given the sort of loosey-goosey nature of cons where like oh let's get together and play a game or hang out and then uh, uh certain and the people geek social fallacies yeah. geek social yeah. fallacies exactly and yeah. um so i think uh spencer's just generally excuse yourself don't make a scene um just sort of make it uh kind of clear to people that you trust um and that you care about that like i there are people that i do not want to associate with and i'm just gonna it, you can always leave like you, you, you there's no hostage situation in so normal social gatherings so if there's a something uncomfortable uh just leave and uh, that's the best only you can't make other people do things, but you can control what you do. So just leave and um, don't call yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. never express your distaste in a way that you would not to the person's face. So mm. make it very clear <laughs> that yeah. this is not backfired. Like, don't say or do anything that if it was reposted to social media would have to look like an asshole. Yeah, just yeah. like you're not going to be considered an asshole if you're like, oh, I don't care for that or i'm just going to leave i'm just going to leave i, I yeah. i'm tired or whatever but like if you say oh well so-and-so is an asshole and anybody who's friends with him is also an asshole like don't do that don't yeah uh don't cause drama don't make people feel bad for yeah but I, I would also be more explicit like yeah you know if someone asks explicitly i would someone an you answer care yeah. about their opinions not just any asshole but like a person well yeah trust. we're assuming a friend group here we're not yeah, assuming yeah. like oh oh i have i've tripped and stumbled into cpac uh like <laughs> yeah well i, I mean it's important to like, like oh oh man be, it turns out oops. i'm not part of this crowd like well yeah, like, like someone you know i guess like be aware of people who are ten have tendencies to be gossips and like generate drama on their own don't give them fodder but for people who trust and you know aren't going to be like spreading you know gossip for the sake of gossip um so right. yeah um yeah, just be aware, know what, what you want to do, what you don't want to do. And also, Spencer, I, I very much sympathize with the commingling thing because when I visited, every time I visited Maddie in Australia, I'd be like, hello, 10, 20 people I don't know and are uh, theater, uh, uh, work in theater. And I'll, I'll try, I'll do my best to, to socialize, but like, there's, I swear to God, yeah. right, before COVID, like there was probably a year run where we would go to a restaurant. Uh, and and we would see at least one person uh, oh, sure. that that and, and like weekly uh, and different people and and it's nice and it, and it's communal and oh, I yeah. appreciate it and also like it is just very stressful and hard for me sometimes to do that stuff and so boy oh boy am I really bad at it and boy oh boy does it look like I'm really bad at it oh. here's one other thought here if you are going to be a person who's just like yeah totally here you're not gonna not gonna hang out in that instance for these reasons of because this person's there the other hard part there is then like not feeling guilty when people are like, well, but I want to, what am I supposed to do? Hang out with you and then hang out with them. Like, I don't know, man, that's your choice. Like you can't feel on the hook for other people's decisions to hang out with folks and you got to get good with it. I mean, that's, there's no ideal situation yeah. here. Yeah. That's an excellent point. And yeah. And Maddie's friends were all nice and everything. And then I had a lovely time. It's just like, there's a whole scene that I don't know. And also it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a theater person, so I can't like talk shop with them and stuff like right? that. So it's, it's just harder to, it's just, it's just a thing you have to do as an adult, you have to co-mingle with people you don't necessarily. It's an adult. Yep. 
Um, we live in a society. Oh, no. Hey, I, and I just want to be clear, Michael, you don't have to co-mingle with libertarians. In fact, they're fighting for your right not to mingle with them. So give them what they want, which is solitude far well, away. They want to move to a town where bears run, run yes, free. Let them join the bears. There are no taxes and there the are no streetlights. On the city at the hill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. Uh, beer. Beer. Spencer, what are you drinking? Well, now that beer 900 was ruined, I thought beer 903 might might as well suck too. So <laughs> when I bought that Four Noses garbage, I bought the other Four Noses can too. So this is Four Noses Brewing Company's Mandarina Velvet. It's a milkshake style India pale ale with tangerine, blood orange, mandarina, Bavaria hops, vanilla, and lactose. Yeah, a lot. Also, yeah, both of those beers have velvet in the title, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? I'm I'm guessing to uh, describe the the silky smooth texture. Yeah, but why would you why would you buy them? Or because of the name of the hops? No, they're not. I don't fucking. Can't anyways. ask why we buy things. I do not want like a fabric as a name for a beer. Like I'm just thinking. I'm drinking. I'm just burlap. Licking, yeah, exactly. Like tweed. It's like I'm. Dr- yeah, it's like I'm licking that fabric. That's yeah. just a gross feeling. Delicious polyester. Well, um, (laughs) got kind of a sour face. It's got so imagine uh, like a uh, is it a dream sickle? The like orange and cream is that is that dream sickle? Is that what those are called? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine a dream sickle with a really bitter hop in the middle. So it's like it's way better than the other one. Mm-hmm. But that's, but that's like way better than the other one could be a two. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think that's what it is because it's a really aggressive bitter hop. Like mm-hmm. not not really citrusy. It's like this hop doesn't care for you. No. Um, but okay. the dreamsicle part like around it is kind of nice. Like it, it's at least not an awful sweetness like that other thing that I put in my mouth only only three beers ago. Also known as <laughs> beer 900-ish. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So I guess it's a two for me. That's what I'm going to put in the fucking dock anyways. Oh, not a 22. Um, I mean, I'm going to have another sip of it, which which is a. That's again, really two. Am a I light year Am I going to drink while I'm talking or not? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's really that's the right. difference between a two and a one for me. Yeah. All right. Anyway, while you drink that disappointing beer in this episode that hasn't scored above a three yet. Yeah. Uh, we have Asmic Six. Asmic Six is going <sighs> to save some lives today because Friedrich asks, "What are you getting me for my for my birthday?" Mm-hmm. Whereas Stephen Lee asks, "Lads, it's my birthday this weekend. My second pandemic birthday. We've all gone through at least one of these now. So my question for the Mix Six is, how do you recommend celebrating?" Here's what my recommendation is: Mix Six birthday gift exchange. Friedrich, send him something. Send Stephen something in Canada. Stephen, send Friedrich something in one of those cold places where he lives. I don't know. This oh, is Scandinavia, brilliant. one of the many countries. Yes. On a volcano. He lives in a volcano. Yes. Uh, so I, I really think we should encourage this amongst the fans. Find your birthday buddy amongst the Mix Six and do what we do to all Mix Six listeners. Assault them with your 
place of origin. So find really the most idea. culturally repugnant thing you can to drink and give that to them as sort of a international bombing of uh like I don't know nicotine candies from Scandinavia. Jesus or, Christ. Malort <laughs> or ambergris. This is what we should all be doing for each other. Mix six has always been the way. Mm-hmm. Uh I finally seen it now. You need to take the grossest, weirdest thing from where you live mm-hmm. and then you need to give it to other people as mm-hmm. gifts. Mm-hmm. Um yes. this is what you should all be doing. We should all be living this way. It's so, just a swap meeting. Yeah. That that's I've I've solved it. Friedrich, Steven, you are now birthday buddies. Uh you've got to send each other gifts from your homelands. Uh and uh I, I'm gonna start a thread on the Discord. Find your birthday buddy, send them something horrific from where you're from. It mm-hmm. could be tasteless in any interpretation of the words. Probably not good though. I've never okay. seen one of those arrive in the mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. I think this is a good idea before I ask a question. I have a question followed by, I think this is a good idea is not a question. Um, I recognize <laughs> that. And I'm bummed because this is a really good idea, Caleb. And only two segments ago, you had such a bad idea. So it's bum, It's bumming me out that this idea feels offset by that idea. But here we are. So I, now well, I do I have a question. Nothing if not a one and a five equaling out to a low three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, we won't talk about the math there. Um <laughs> Uh, so let's, just, I, I think this is a great idea. And, and I think Noah is my birthday buddy. Um, we've already established this and Noah has been a, a generous gift giver. And I hope that we have given him a fun time in Springfield for his birthday in the past. But were we to find new birthday buddies? No, I'm not abandoning you. This is hypothetical and or applies to Ross and Caleb. Mm-hmm. And we were to send them something repulsive, but also indicative of our place, Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. What would you send them? Oh man, uh, camo come and go hat. No, um, a gun. What's our budget? Uh, Is it just? Well, I'm trying to think what else we have. No, no, no. Okay, we, we there's a lot. You're forgetting our resource, our our ace in the hole, which is of course my dad. Um, oh yeah, something yeah. from Leland's storage unit. Yeah, yeah like a, we, a we piece of Leland trash. Wow. Wow. Just, just, uh, just throwing it out there. Um, I mean, you gave me a, you gave me a biplane made of Sprite cans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember remember what he gave me during the same gift exchange? It was what he described as a a, boomerang, but to be clear, a tongue of wood. Yeah. It was just a slot of wood from a piece of furniture. Yeah. 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 Uh, what about uh, Springfield's own Robert E. Smith? Like, how about a hand painted guitar? I post. I posted the photo. Uh, you could see in the uh, uh, on our channel in the Discord. Um, so uh, yeah, there, there's things like that. If we, it depends on what what is our budget. Like, what how rare can we go? Like, is okay. Well, that right. would be between you and your birthday buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You guys got to work out your swap rate. But I just, I just think that like there, there have to be. So first and foremost. This whole notion of it being repulsive is kind of like, ugh, because there are things that I think would be kind to send from Springfield to other places. But given that we're not going to do that, I would wonder about, like, Springfield has an annoying amount of, like, uh, not, popcorn tents. Okay, it's not like it's not like Jared Leto repulsive, though, because our fans are, like, a culture. Well, what is? Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's, it's the Mix 6 brand of repulsive, which is like, hey, I heard you're into beer. Here's the worst beer I could humanly find. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's interesting. Or I heard you're into movies. Here's the dumbest movie 
I've ever seen. Or, oh, oh you like art? I oh. found this in a thrift store. I could send them a copy office. of my movie. Uh. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think we just need to carry on the tradition of aesthetic terrorism forced upon us by our producer. Producer Ross. Mimetically. Mm-hmm. We're going to sort of viral spread in, in duos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then we could we could give out an award, award, I suppose, is what I'm saying, uh, and is the title of my new self help book. Find your inner Leland uh, <laughs> to gift yeah. you trash from your own subconscious. Uh, that's what you need to be healthy. Twelve rules for life from the mix six. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, ooh, that's another segment. We should write twelve twelve <laughs> rules for life. Twelve life twelve life rules from Leland. Yeah, from Lee. Oh God, no! That's but that's whew, that's dangerous. The, the Leland Chronicles. Yeah, the Leland. yeah. Uh, Leland also one of the things he also has is a collection of hillbilly artifacts. Um, like I trash. here, I, I sent you know, other people like little little hillbilly statues and things. Like, um, yeah. Uh, Jeff. We Fox should send someone the- like a Precious Moments Angel. Like oh yeah, precious a, yeah, precious angel, precious moments is like a, a Missouri, yeah. like Branson. Yeah, it's 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 functionally local to here. I mean, that'd be terrifying and awful. Mm-hmm. Um, One of, uh, Sam from Alaska gave me a bear claw once. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mean you mean like a donut? No, no, like an actual claw from a bear. Oh. Wow. I tried for years to think of a story about how I might get that authentically other than a person gave it to me at a convention for writing elf games. <laughs> I gave up, uh, but mm-hmm. I got it and it's it rare. Hmm. I mean, the fact that you got I it could for make, writing like, a necklace elf games. for it and look like a really disappointing Jason Momoa cosplayer. I was yeah. going to say like uh, strip mall karate dojo uh, sensei. <laughs> yeah that also that's yeah that will that was what it would read as i'd mm-hmm. be going for jason momoa <laughs> i'd be landing at strip mall karate um yeah, on a good day yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. a low three uh, as so i think we've solved everyone's birthday uh, yeah birthday buddies coming soon to the mix six birthday buddies uh aesthetically terrorize everyone within reason uh with kind um international white elephants there we go uh yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. I'm 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 filing it all cylinders. We're solving the world's problems. Mm-hmm. What's next? Oh, I need beer. Caleb, what are you drinking? I am drinking from Second Shift Brewing, the Liquid Spiritual Delight Imperial Stout. Which you can I've picked up and put down multiple times when I was looking at beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I, everything about it sounds fine, except for the part where it's from Second Shift, and that made me go like, Meh. "Yep." Uh, is a liquid spiritual delight is a stout that is chewy, chocolatey, and a joy to behold. Just friggin' drink it. I hate the word chewy associated right. with. Well, it's eleven point five percent. Yeah, it's so like it's putting up fabric as your title for your beard. Don't do that. I hate the word chewy used yeah. there. My that's, that's God. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's but rich. is it chewy? No, it's rich. It's chocolatey. Um, you are gonna go like a smacking motion because it is eleven point five percent, but it's actually mm-hmm. pretty well balanced as an alcohol against the chocolate. Uh, I quite like that actually. 
So, yeah, that's a four. So not not there much of that motor oil kind of. Uh... Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to enjoy a beer like this, it's me. But uh, <laughs> it is me, so it's a four. Mm-hmm. Here, here you are. Yeah, you can only be you, Caleb. Yep. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Well, it's jukebox in the back time, and it's been a minute since we've done this. This was also tied for your number one vote getter. We it was a real horse race today yeah, for mix six segments. Yeah. Uh, and look, uh, it's about to be vaccine summer. It's about to be time to time to party. Open those mouths up, sneeze on each other, get out there and dance, folks. That's what this is all about, right? I don't know. A lot of people have already been doing that. I'm just going to get vaccinated before I get around other people. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to be out. We're about to maybe be a little more social. We're about to have some fun. Maybe sit outside, drink some Coronas, listen to some music. So the question is, oh, if vaccine summer is about to pop off, and it is. What's your anthem for the comeback tour? What jam are you cranking while it is vaccine summer party time? Thought about this a lot. And uh, and I kind of wanted to pretend that like 2019 through 2021 didn't happen. Uh, I'd like to go far back as 2016, but that seems excessive. But um, so time travel wise, I think I'm going to go with Chicano Batman. Friendship is a small boat. Oh, yeah. Get oh, some yeah. Rhodes keyboard in there. Very much grilling music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now if I wanted to go deeper into the past, like of my youth, I'd go for like MGMT or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a white mm-hmm. boy summer. But, uh, you know, I, I will be somewhat tasteful and just try to skip the part where all those people died. Uh, so I would like to go back to the summer of Chicano Batman, where we were all rocking to the Rhodes keyboard. Uh, and that was a good time. That, that is I'll tell you what, Chicano Batman this summer yeah. was peak playing beer pong in your garage music mm-hmm. uh, during movie days, which, by the way, were the original tub. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was how I first learned about Chicano Batman. And boy, oh boy, you get a few bush lights in you, and your hips start to move with oh, Chicano no, Batman. It's, it's, it's a dancing tune. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that I. Um, well, look, folks, I have been partying in my office by myself a lot mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of flashing lights and colors. That's what I and said. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, guys, don't worry. I don't need to. I sent the video of my office in rave mode to Joel Hawkins the other day, and he said, man, you took the Daft Punk breakup really seriously. Um, <laughs> and so but. I've been listening to a lot of like electro pop, techno pop, uh, vapor wavy style, new, new retro wave shit to do that. And uh, the song that I keep going back to, to be in a good mood and or every time I get near an alcoholic beverage is the Nero 1988 remix of Into the Night. Ooh, and yeah. People, you need to put this in your ear holes. Nero is very good. I like yes, Nero. I, yeah, mm-hmm. this shit is like uh, put your headphones on, turn it up too loud, get your lights a little weird colored, and try not to move. And it it gives me energy. Uh, it's good background noise. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it on repeat for two to four hours. He said with some experience having done that. <laughs> so if you want to pop off during vaccine summer into the night, Nero nineteen eighty eight remix. Nero local record store. Nero's, yeah, totally. Nero's just good. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say um, for me, um, now I, I'm a little biased because I have been doing research uh, lately for uh, the latest Patreon bonus episode of Night Clerk Radio where we are talking about future funk. 
uh, which is the it's disco a good genre to kick di- off. Very, very, yeah. very good genre. It is the disco slash city pop uh, influenced subgenre of vaporwave. It is it is the most danceable uh, vaporwave subgenre. Um, it is actually upbeat and cheerful and energetic. Uh, all those things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the uh, two visionaries of uh, Future Funk, Matt Cross eighty two ninety nine and Young Bay selfish high heels uh which is the <laughs> you've heard it before because it's the one song they use for all the vaporwave memes um mm-hmm. and uh like the one where most is like is teaching them uh, uh self-defense moves and they just put in some vaporwave that's selfish high heels um and it's oh god it's so danceable it's so it's so fun it's so happy um yeah the, that sample J- japanese uh vocals uh the infectious beat it's uh it's very good and it's fr- you know future is also influenced by french house like daft punk and uh Nero. Uh-huh. yeah so um yeah i would uh, uh highly recommend i would just put on a future Funk live stream uh one of those 24 7 <laughs> streams uh but it would you'd be prefaced with self shy heels all right, all right. Uh- Runner-up pick and a shout-out to our very own Burke. If you really want to pop off this summer, anything by Carly Rae Jepsen, but specifically the Emotion album, will help oh, yeah. you do that. Mm-hmm. So, just a thought. Just put, just put, but just putting it out there, guys. That's all. Mm-hmm. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, producer Ross, you got to get a beer, and it's time for drunk. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? All right, so this is Piney River, uh, which it, isn't that a local one, a Springfield one? You Cyrus, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. So not too yeah, far. Not too far. Um, yeah. Anyways, this is uh, the Lizzie Twister, a blackberry session sour, uh, session sour, uh, an ale brewed with blackberries, obviously, and very strong uh, floral uh, scent. You know. Tiny River makes like really good like floating beers, like light drinkers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're bread, ale. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is light. There's definitely a blackberry taste. Very sour. It's not overpowering. It's good. The only thing I don't like, it has an oddly strong nasal quality where it goes right up in your nose and it kind of mm. like just just tickles your nose and sinuses. And it's like it's kind of weird. Um, so. Um, but it's still drinkable. Like I've, I've, I got a six pack of these. They didn't have singles and I've finished four of them already. So, um, I'll keep drinking it. So I'm going to give this a three. It's, it's good, but like that nasal thing keeps it from being a four, right. you know, right. have you had beers like that? Like it just like, just, goes yeah, a lot of beers, uh, the carbonation can be a little heavy and, yeah. uh, it, it messes with your retro nasally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So yeah, I guess it's yeah a little too strongly carbonated. Of course, but, right uh, now I would like a beer to take a uh, fucking roto rooter to my sinuses. So. Right, you <laughs> can use a beer clearing you out. You yeah. know, Piney River also made a beer for a little while. I don't know if you guys remember the popularity of their black walnut beet. We may have even yeah. had it on the podcast like years ago. It may have been one of the first beers we tried even. But for for a hot e3. minute. That, yeah. Yeah. That that beer was like everywhere in this area. It was like the beer. Someone had just discovered beer. Um, <laughs> uh, and it went away quickly. I think they had a couple bad batches come out maybe and then bingo, bingo. But anyways, we're in drunk enough. Uh, admittedly a weird topic. And I can't tell you how little I care about its weirdness. So let me, let, <laughs> let me tell you the impetus. Um, 
Caleb and Sarah recommended to Brandy and I uh, these little fidget toys that are little like um, uh, rings that you put on your finger. And they kind of look like, yo- uh, what are those called? Uh, slinkies that have been that have been circled. And they're just little ring guys. And you just roll them up and down your finger. And it makes they, like a Yeah, they're, little... they're scrunchies for your finger. Metal scrunchies yeah, for your finger. Yeah, metal scrunchies for your finger. And it is a it is a fidgety, anxiety-relieving, <clears throat> like, stress ball for each of your fingers. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Brandy ordered a 12-pack immediately. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need one of those. And uh, then I realized one day after I stole one from her, just out of curiosity, how I used it all day, like unintentionally, totally unconsciously. That thing was just, I'm doing it right now. Even I was just rolling that thing up and down my finger. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, this is weird. And then I started thinking about now, wait a minute, I'm not doing this, but normally what I would be doing right now is flipping my pen. And it really struck me how much of a fidgeter I am, even though I never got into like fidget spinners or fidget cubes. And frankly, I found them like a little bit annoying and loud, but I'm a fidgeter. And I, it really caused me the last couple of days to think about how much more I have fidgeted over the last year working in the same room in my house for 14 months. And so I wanted to take them out. I know we've talked a lot about all of the ways that we're dealing with all of this and that's totally fine. And I totally get what we're doing, but I'm wondering if, you guys don't have any little coping mechanisms, I guess is the nicest way I can describe something like this. Any little coping mechanisms that you've developed specifically over the last 13 or 14 months that you find yourself interacting with more all the time, especially if they are weird and or dumb little things like rings that you put on your finger. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't have, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm twitchy uh, mm-hmm. with my legs. I got, I got twitchy legs. That's about it. But Aside from my usual stuff, I haven't adapted any new stuff. The, now, the ring thing is pretty amazing um, in that it's one of those sensory things that doesn't make me want to throw up because uh, I have I have weird sensory issues. So with food, uh, with uh, with all sorts of stuff and uh, with certain textures on my skin uh, and yeah, it's pretty Jesus rare. Age. Uh, it's pretty rare, but, uh, I do like the, uh, the sensation of the little ring thing, um, for certain in terms of fidgety though. I, I mean, I just don't think, I think I'm just too lethargic to be as fidgety as, uh, in terms of like needing an object for it, mm-hmm. uh, just cause yeah, I'm just wired too slow. I mean, I'm up constantly. I, you know, I never sleep, but, uh, I don't, uh, fidget while I'm doing it. It's just, you know. So I'm 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 pretty uh, sloth like in my demeanor, except for the occasional <laughs> So I don't think anything would dis- anyone would describe me as fidgety. Yeah, um, it's interesting because like I've I've spent enough time around Caleb uh, over the last God knows however long seventeen years. That's the math. Uh, like you, like I can tell when you are feeling fidgety. Like you're you look around, and, and I can definitely tell when like Caleb Caleb would like to be in a different place right now. And so it's interesting to me that you don't think of yourself as fidgety, but, but active, because I do know when, when you're stressed because of your activity and you do bounce your leg more, but yeah. it's interesting to me that you think that's like a, I guess I never really thought about that. That's really in specific instances where something really is getting your gut. And, uh, and, and yeah, that makes sense to me. And I don't, maybe my thing is like, I'm always a little higher level, like everything's getting my goat a little bit all the time. And so for me, it it isn't as different in this instance as it is in that instance. I'm always just kind of like on alert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder about that. Yeah. Yeah. Producer Ross, are you a fidgeter? 
I am. Um, I actually have on my desk right now a number of uh, fidgety things. Uh, well, they're not like items designed for specific. Uh, uh, specifically for fidgeting but like i uh actually have a number of like commemorative dice uh d6s like i have a gen con 2008 one a gen con 2019 one origin 2019 i also have some poker chips that chaosium and shadowrun put out at various times and i just sort of flip them through my fingers um so but those are not new in terms of like i that was before the pandemic like i i would have something on my desk to fidget with and uh, but I do know specifically with the pandemic, I did get a bird feeder. Um, so birds would show up and I could look at them through my window. Um, and that, that is a new, uh, behavior. Uh, Smart. yeah. So oh, I it, clean obsessively now that might be new. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh. I do fidget clean a lot more than I used to. Not like I didn't do it before. Like tiny or like, level. like get the fucking. Yeah. No, like straightening, uh, organizing is a lot. A lot of cataloging <laughs> of things that were previously in jumbles. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. I'm limited in what I can clean because certain amount of stuff will stir up cat hair. And then I'm oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I also did get a cheap uh, webcam security camera and put it on my windowsill pointed at the bird feeder so I could watch the birds and see if they were there when I wasn't near the window, even though it's just in the other room. I don't want to necessarily, if I go to the window, maybe the birds see me and they fly away. So, right. Yeah. And Man, so this, far, this mockingbird thing. wire getting steadily closer in every mm-hmm. frame. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, well, it's pointed straight at the bird feeder, but I'd never see haywire coming. He would, he would just, yeah. And <laughs> I've come to accept that. Um, <laughs> he's already I, there highlight of that was that i found out raccoons visited me there in my neighborhood i did not know there were raccoons in my neighborhood uh they popped up on my security camera a few nights that i put like bird seed on the windowsill so they could get closer to the, the webcam so that i could see them better and raccoons ate the bird seed instead which maddie this, at this least considers a win mockingbird <laughs> thing is really coming full circle here i did so i did set up uh like i got a google nest doorbell and then i got a google nest outdoor cam for our backyard um and set those up over the last couple of months. And I will tell you, like, it actually has been fascinating just like being able to open an app and like, what's going on in my backyard. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of wildlife in our area. We're in an older part of town. There's a uh, trees fucking everywhere. Uh, and so we do get a lot of wildlife and it is kind of fun to like get a notification, like, Hey, there's some shit in your driveway. And it's like, well, look at that. Look at that little guy. But well, we get a lot of possums. Um, it's not really been a fidget or it has, I guess, been a little bit of a soothing thing. I probably to know more what's going on in my house. But my fidgeting has has increased exponentially. And I think part of it is like, I wonder how much of it too, I've been thinking a lot about this. Is it because I'm in Zoom meetings all day and there's no physical interaction with people, which for a hot minute I thought was great. And now I'm so over fucking Zoom that. And so part of me is wondering like, if this isn't just my, like, I need some physical interaction with humans. And so when I'm looking at people on camera, I'm not getting that. I'm at least getting some physical interaction here. Um, and I don't know if it's that, and I don't, whatever degrees I do have, I don't have those degrees. So I couldn't tell you what's actually occurring here, but I'm fidgeting more. And if it's not flipping pens, it's running this little fucking ring up and down my finger. And I'll tell you what, it feels great. I love it to death. Can't recommend them enough. Y'all should get some. They're like $5 on Amazon for a pack of 10 or 12. And it is worth every penny. Um, also you'll fucking run, rub your finger raw. Trust me. Trust me on that. Um, I'd be curious if anybody else has adopted any new fidgeting habits yeah, and or has y'all out there. Y'all yeah. Getting, y'all getting squirrely yet? 
How uh, twitchy, y'all. <laughs> we certainly are getting squirrely here at the Mix 6. But here's next time, we won't have to twitchy. be because we can be face-to-face smooches. It's coming, folks. It's coming. I'm Smooch getting back episode. from vaccine round two tomorrow. Yep. We're about, here in a few weeks. We're doing a double in-person. We're, we're about, That's oh, we're boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. It, we're, we're not even going to try beers. We're just going to dump every beer into one big bowl. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to pass it around. Everything's going to be a three because it's all just going to taste like, I don't know, but we are going to share it. I'll tell you that much. You get to see Haywire again. And thank uh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's thank God. That's new friend. All these years. Yep. Yeah. And a lamp bot. Yeah. Oh, and lamp bot. Well, yeah. here we go. Well, folks, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Mix Six. If you've stuck around for all of this, then good on you. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate your time, energy, and effort. And if you really like this episode, but you aren't yet a patron of the Mix Six, don't forget that you can go to patreon.com, look for the Mix Six podcast, and there is an actual shit ton of additional content from the Mix Six podcast, including full-length episodes and shorter episodes that we've been putting up for the last four and a half years. So feel free to find yourself some more Mix Six at a backer level of your choice. Don't forget, you can always find us on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook. Sure, you can find us on Instagram and YouTube. That's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E.com. And if you forget any of that, just go to our website, www.themixed6.com. And lastly, if you're listening to this in a podcast streaming application, don't forget to rate and review us so other people can find the Mix 6 podcast. That assumes, of course, you enjoyed this. Caleb looks like he's going to die from allergies, so I am going to get us out of this episode. This is the Mix 6 podcast. I'm Spencer. That's Caleb. Radley. We done here.